You are now listening to Men Who Talk Heal, a podcast that normalizes conversations about mental health and promotes personal well-being. Whether you're here for yourself or someone else, this podcast is sure to have something for everyone. Our hosts, Zach, a social worker, and Brandon, a certified life and health coach, discuss their own personal and professional experiences so that others don't feel alone in their own struggles. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and or their guests and are not representative of any other entity. Additionally, this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should discuss your personal needs and concerns with a medical or mental health professional. If you are experiencing a medical or mental health emergency, you should call 911 or proceed to your nearest emergency department. Enjoy the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Men Who Talk Heal. I'm Zach. He's Brandon. Hello. How are all you cats and kittens doing out there? I didn't like that, but we're going to go <laughs> along with it. <laughs> I don't uh, I don't know why. I'm No, we're going to keep going. You're hearing Jessica Miley for the first time. Hear her in the background trying to produce. Yeah. Jess, would you like to say something into the microphone this time? Wow, shockingly and now quiet. She's refusing to speak. Wow. So she had an opinion and now she's refusing to provide input. Shocker. I make a Tiger uh, King reference and she wants it cut out. And Is that what it was? It was. Uh, I kind of want to cut out now, too. <laughs> uh, did you see he got sentenced to, like, didn't. He got resentenced. Was got it re-sentenced. a decrease or an increase? I don't know. I didn't. I didn't watch the whole. You only showed me clips of Tiger King. So yeah, that was the, the only the, of, only the really good parts. That was the one part of quarantine I did not partake. I in. saw there's now a like a satire of Tiger King coming out with like some Saturday Night Live people. Wait, how is it? How are they coming out with satire? That whole thing was satire. No, no, the whole thing was real. Mm, no, it wasn't. Yeah, yes. There's no way. Oh, absolutely real. That's ridiculous. Absolutely real. You yeah, want to know what else though. was real? 21, 21, 21 years, years, we were just prison. told. Yeah. 21 years. What else is crazy? Um, so I had this. we had this whole plan. This is why I don't make plans. We had this whole plan to get everything for Grayson's birthday party at Giant Eagle. The cake, the catering, everything in one place. We only had to go to one place. Mm-hmm. So I go today to order all the stuff, yeah. right? So I go to... The catering counter to order the chicken and the sides and stuff. Of course, the one thing that I wanted to order there, they tell you you got to go to the deli to order. So then I went to the deli and ordered that thing. Then I go to the bakery to order the cake. You know what they say to me? Oh, we're not taking cake orders. Why not? They said, we don't have a decorator employed right now. But this party's in two weeks. I said... But you're a bakery. <laughs> and they go, yeah. I said, um, okay. I said, who decorated these things in the case of decorated items? Yeah. And they said, oh, we have somebody come from another Giant Eagle hmm. on occasion to decorate a whole bunch of stuff at once so that we can sell pre-decorated things. But we don't have anybody available to do custom decorated items. So are they talking like those screen printed things, like the images that go on cakes? Well, you know, that just just comes out of a printer and they just lay it on top. Right. But they don't have anybody to do the complimentary decorating that goes with that printed 
Gotcha. Item. You could do that. Yeah, it wouldn't look good. Don't you have the nozzles? Yeah, but, I mean, have you seen me decorate cupcakes? No. Well, it's bad. I can confidently say I've never watched yeah. you decorate a cupcake. <laughs> well, maybe you should come over and see it sometime. Also, but anyways, your wife is like a master baker. She is very She is very good. She's very good. Yeah. She, I mean, she produces professional results. She does. But you shouldn't have to do that for your kid's birthday. I think the point is you're running a bakery operation and you don't have a cake decorator. Yeah. Well... Sign of the times. Yeah. So then it just kind of messed up my whole day because then I had to go back to Walmart, which I'd already been at once, Yeah. to order the cake. Um, and then on the day of the birthday party, I will now have to go two places to pick up the catering and the cake. Your life is awful. First, world problems. <laughs> I feel like this could have been avoided had your son not wanted a PJ Masks cake. Yeah. Well. Like if he just gets a plain cake and you write, happy birthday, Grayson. You think I have problems. You should have seen today when I came home without the cake in hand as he thought the cake was coming here today. He shouldn't even know anything about the cake. Oh, well, he got to pick the cake. I feel like this is your fault. I feel like this is I turning around to be. except. 10% of the responsibility. Okay. 90% of it I pass on to Jess. Okay. That's fair. That's yes. what marriage is for. Yes. That's what I've heard. Yeah. In this in this instance, um, I am willing to accept 10% of the responsibility for this situation. Mm. Mm. And because she refuses to come on the show and speak into a microphone, there's there's just no other... There's just no other... Oh, look. She's flipping you the bird. <laughs> There's just no other option. So, yeah. how was your week? My week, my week was was fine. I uh, nothing like super great, super bad. I you know lived, and then I was told we're gonna get snowed in. So yeah. I went grocery shopping. I hunkered down, and this is the first time I've left my apartment in three and a half days. So okay, yeah, which is great. I have not struggled with that with at all. It was a good snowstorm. Good snowstorm. Good snowstorm. I uh, people on Friday night were like, "You want to hang out?" And I said, "No, <laughs> no." And I, like, I'm sure the roads were adequate at that point. Oh yeah, Friday night was fine. But no, I wasn't. I wasn't going to try and like drive in ice and stuff. That wasn't what I was doing. We got a snowblower. You did. Yeah, it's awesome. Wow. Is that why there's a section of your driveway that hasn't been cleared off in a month? Yes. Oh man. Yeah. It's it's pretty amazing. Do you want to, like, gush about it like a Midwestern dad? Nope. Nope. That's okay. Are you sure? I just wanted to make everybody aware that we have a snowblower. Mm. So how, was, how was your week? It was great. Good was week. Great? Yeah. I heard uh, Aiden was given the choice between t-ball and golf lessons for the summer. Yep. And he chose golf. He chose golf. He chose golf. The so expensive option. We did. Um, he, I had to show him YouTube videos of what t-ball is because he was not aware. He wasn't getting the concept of it's the it's the toy that he yeah. had yeah. just with more people. And then he chose golf. So hmm. we'll see what that looks like. Well, good thing you're a golf coach because yeah. you can teach seasoned, him everything. Uh, seasoned PGA yeah. pro. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you have a job. You work for the high school. I do. You teach. I mean, you coach football. You coach golf. <laughs> you make copies. <laughs> oh, my God. I do. Yeah. I do. 
mm-hmm. full time for all those things. So yeah, one of your ex players was actually at the Pro Bowl festivities this weekend. Oh, Denzel okay. Ward, good. Oh, you yes. coached Denzel. Yeah, Ward. I think I'm familiar. With yeah, him. absolutely. Disclaimer: I did not coach Denzel Ward, uh, nor do I know him personally. He didn't coach for him. legal purposes. You taught him everything he knows. Uh, for legal purposes, that is also um, untrue. You're so, so humble. <laughs> oh my god. So. Well, look, uh, it's another week. Welcome to our new our new listeners. Our show uh, keeps growing. That's exciting stuff. That is. So welcome to our new listeners. Welcome back to all of our uh, loyal uh, people out there. We did uh, set up the voicemail thing, so that's yes. exciting. So yeah. please uh, check out our social uh, channels and then our website. Um, there's a link. Uh, it's not like a traditional like call this number. It's an online thing, so you can leave us up to a... 90-second uh, voicemail, and it comes right to us, and we may feature it in an upcoming episode um, and talk about you know the message that you left us. So if there's something you want us to talk about or a question you want to ask, uh, you know that's how you can do it. Um, and so that'll be super cool. We had a little bit of engagement um, through DMs this week. Uh, so thanks to uh, those of you that reached out and shared some ideas of what we could talk about. Um, and, and any ideas or feedback you had for the show. So that was awesome. Um, so lots of exciting things happening for Men Who Talk Heal. Um, and so I'm super excited about it. Brandon is uh, super excited about it, I think. I'm just, I'm, I still am shocked that people listen to us. Yeah. Like go out of their way yeah. to make time and listen to us. Yeah. It, it's kind of, it is kind of humbling. Like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I also like, so... You know, after we released our episode on Monday, you texted me and you're like, I haven't really gone back to listen to any of these, <laughs> but you listened to the Chris Meyer episode and you're like, we sound like a legit podcast. And I was yeah. like, I hope so. Yeah. That's been yeah. my thought this entire time. Yeah. So yeah. what did you think we were doing? I like, thought maybe we were just recording. Just having fun. And having fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we and we are having fun. We do yeah. enjoy getting together and just two dudes being guys. Two, two dudes, dudes being, being guys having conversation. Yeah. Yeah. But um but we do, I mean, sometimes we do say uh, pretty thoughtful things, and we have pretty thoughtful conversations. Sometimes. Which is kind of cool. Yeah. So um, so I did. we did notice uh, so something is sticking out to us from our, so this is our 42nd episode. Um, we're coming up on our, our one-year anniversary, and of all of the episodes that we've done so far, um, and... All of the downloads that we've had and all of the listens that we've had, um, there is one episode that continues to just rise above the the rest, um, and it's the second episode we ever did, and it's a, it was the episode about anxiety. I hope everyone else remembers it because we don't. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't even gone back and re-listened to the episode. Luckily, Jess. Um, remembers the episode and she told she's she said that we talked about like big a anxiety and little anxiety and we did like a real your letters were big and little yeah Yeah. we did like a fundamental breakdown of anxiety and so i don't know if it's like the way the search engines work or people look up anxiety and they they get directed to that episode or or whatever but for whatever reason that episode is performing better than the rest but also i'm a data-driven person in my professional life um and so that that tells me that probably worth revisiting the concept of anxiety again yeah so i also think like 
probably just looking around at, at the world. Um, and as the pandemic just continues on, um, I like how now this new word, have you noticed, by the way, have you heard people talk about this new word endemic? Like, no. oh, is the pandemic is becoming an endemic? Like we're at the end of the pandemic, but I'm like, haven't but we're not. we been talking about the end of the pandemic since the beginning of the pandemic? So yeah. um, I think that as it drags on and there isn't really a true end in sight, like the anxiety just keeps increasing like, yeah. of what does life look like forever? True. And uh, we talked about anxiety in March. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So lots changed. Yeah. So almost, I mean, almost a year later. I mean, and that's when we were doing two episodes a week. So we did that though, our first episode ever. And then that in- episode in the same week. Mm. So that was like our first week ever as a podcast. We were so young. We've done so much growth in a year. So much growth. I, I have. Yes. You have, have. too. You've I done mean. so much growth and also so much whittling away. I mean, you've oh, lost so much weight. Oh, my God. Thank yes. you. You're welcome. I'm blushing. Funny. Si- si- sidebar conversation. We have on our TV, uh, it, because it's a fire stick, like it yeah. links to our Amazon photos thing. And so pictures come up and some old pictures of you showed up on our TV. Why do you have pictures of me? Well, because we you're a part of our family, so okay. we have pictures of you. And so like just saw a picture of you and he was or she was like, "Oh my god, like he really has lost a ton of weight." I have lost 35 pounds. That's crazy. Good yeah. for you. Thank you. Good for you. you. You look great. Thank you. Well, you it's great. the beard. Oh, it is, and people do keep talking about it. Oh man, and I'm people really keep sick of about it. really sick of hearing about the beard. Let's talk about that. No, let's not. Okay. Um, so, anyways, um, so anxiety. Yeah. Um, so, Chris said Chris Meyer said something also about just probably like everybody having some amount of anxiety in their life, mm-hmm. and like probably it being. Probably that and depression being like just the most not talked about thing. Not talked about, but most known it's their thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it's probably as far as mental health goes, like maybe like, do you think you could like hypothesize that it's almost becoming separate from the concept of mental health? Like people are seeing anxiety as like something different in the case that like, Oh, anxiety is, is its own thing. Like people aren't associating it with mental health. I think, yeah, I think definitely. I think people are now, everyone's kind of coming around to the fact that they have some sort of anxiety and to an extent. Yes. There are things that can cause like stress and everything like that. Um, but when people often just say like, Oh, everyone has anxiety. Like there's, everyone has anxiety. Not, Technically, yeah. right? Like, it's still a diagnosable thing. Um, but I think more people now, especially with everything that's happened with the pandemic and everything that's happened with, um, like, the unknown, like, job stress, work stress, um, uh, not work, job stress, family stress, um, health stress, everything like that. I think we're getting to a point where everyone could technically actually have some form of anxiety because we're being forced to live in a way that we weren't expected to. Um, but I think now with all of that, it's not really recognizing all the other things that come along with anxiety. They're just seeing anxiety as its own little bubble, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's like a giant bubble that encapsulates like the depression that goes with it or, 
or it can go to other things if people have like genetic predispositions. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, yeah. I mean, it's just like everybody. I think it's one of those words. Like it's just one of those words. Like I think anxiety's just become the word. It's a buzzword now. It's a buzzword. Like, no, I totally agree that everybody has stress. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. Everybody absolutely stresses about stuff. I agree that everybody has worry. Like if you don't, if you don't stress about anything and you don't worry about anything, your life is boring. Yeah, but also I'd be concerned about some of your process. Like your process. Are you? you Are you? Do you have some processing stuff going? Like, do you not process stuff the way? A typical, a a neurotypical person does. Like, you know, that's that's you know. You're supposed to have stress and worry. There's mm-hmm. some, there's some motivation behind stress and worry. Yeah, because there's positive stress too. Right. Yeah. Where where it becomes clinical, and what you're talking about, like diagnosable, is is when it becomes that persistent, long lasting, interfering anxiety. Yeah. Like the symptomology and the presentation is so ongoing, and long lasting. And it interferes with your ability to function. Um, and that's when it becomes like diagnosable. I think mm-hmm. that's where it gets crossed up is like and and I think that the I think that the openness and the willingness to talk about like having anxiety has almost in a way um, saturated saturated it. and and like uh, watered down the clinical nature of true anxiety mm-hmm. because if you start talking about like oh everyone has everyone has anxiety okay yes everyone has stress and worry but does everyone have you know debilitating anxiety yeah. no does ever do a lot of people have debilitating anxiety probably now more than ever before because mm-hmm. of the pandemic Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Do a lot of people probably have undiagnosed debilitating anxiety you because betcha. of stigma? Yes. Yeah. Do I think that continuing to say, oh, everybody has anxiety, it's just something that happens, will further stigmatize people and stop people from getting help? Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that just further compl- complicates things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you could say the same thing about depression, You know, yeah. which are probably two of the biggest clinical diagnoses pieces out there um especially in the last almost three years yeah 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 um like for me you know for me like i have general like generalized anxiety disorder you got the gad i got the gad yeah um and and it comes and it goes and it's pretty well managed with my zoloft yeah um and my coping skills but also i can tell when i'm in like a bad bout of it like yeah all of a sudden, like last month, I just started having like the daily chest pain, like mm-hmm. which which, by the way, I've had checked by like every cardiac test known to man and my heart couldn't be healthier. Like I've had the labs done. I've had the stress test done. I've had the echoes done. Like my heart is fine. Yeah. Um, I'm a witness. I know. Yeah. I was in the room. Yes. Yeah. Uh, my heart is fine. It's just that's my body telling me, like, hey, you are anxious. Yeah. And so, um, 
like I went for a month with just having these daily chest pains and there was no, like I, I couldn't figure out like, is there a trigger? Is Mm -hmm. there like, what is the, the catalyst for this? Yeah. Um, and I just kind of had to make peace with the fact that like, okay, you're just feeling overwhelmingly anxious. Yeah. Don't know why. Yeah. Um, that's how my, I mean, that's how my anxiety presents, but that, that's a clinical presentation, like long lasting symptomatic anxiety, like not to diminish what other people are experiencing, but like mm-hmm. getting stressed about an upcoming test yeah, is not a clinical anxiety diagnosis. So I caution people to be careful about the terminology that you use when you're talking about your feelings and emotions, because it could be impacting whether or not the people around you are getting the appropriate help. Yeah. And I've had people kind of tell me that they have anxiety and then I'll ask them about it and be like, okay, well, what does it, you know, what does it look like for you? How does it present itself? And they'll tell me and, you know, I'll kind of listen and I'll, I won't say anything. I'm not going to be like, well, no, that's not anxiety. But if you're just, if you're concerned about something that's coming up, but then it goes away pretty quickly and then you don't really have a thought about it after that, that's not, that's not anxiety. That's just a general concern. That's just a general worry. Um, and it's good because it keeps you alert. It keeps you kind of on task and, and ready to take care of that thing. Um, and like for me, the, the thing that separates what someone else would experience in that situation and what I would experience in that situation is like my, and we'll use test anxiety. So testing anxiety, hundred percent real. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I had it before anyone knew what to do with it. So normal people, and I, not normal people, but people typical. who, <laughs> typical people who worry about tests coming up, um, they'll worry about it. They'll study. They'll be like, okay, I got this, or I'll try my best, take the test and then move on. That didn't happen with me. I would study. I would, I would put time and effort into these, into these exams and then I would get to the exam and there would be nothing going on upstairs. And I tried all, I tried everything like the recall stuff, like, Oh, chew gum while you study. And then chew gum while you, you know, take the test mint helps, you know, like stimulate the brain. So I would take these tests. And then after the test, when people could just disassociate and be like, all right, it's over. You know, I tried my best. I would continue to be like, okay, well question three, 16 and, and, 22 kind of I don't think I answered those right and then I would continue replaying that test over Mm -hmm. in my head over and over and over again to the point where I couldn't sleep and like I got diagnosed young with GAD and then like a a paranoia type of diagnosis where like and my mom I know she's going to listen to this and she can vouch for this like when I was in fourth and fifth grade I would wake up at two o'clock in the morning thinking like I missed something and I would have to go downstairs go to my backpack and like look up what I thought I had missed or like if I felt like I'd missed anything like an assignment, I would wake up in the middle of the night, couldn't go back to sleep, couldn't, could not handle anything until I went downstairs and figured it out. And she would like wake up and be like, what are you doing? And I'm just like, I, I need to, I need to look at the tests. Like I need to look at the answers. I need to look at my textbook to see, you know, what was going on. And that became less and less over time because I, I figured out ways how to handle it. But, you know, for me, the test didn't end when the test ended. Like mm-hmm. when I turned it in, it ended weeks after. 
almost to the point where the next test was coming up and I was like, okay, I literally cannot focus on two tests at once and I'm just going to trip myself up. And so the general concern and the typical worry that people have is very valid. Like you should have that stress. You should have that concern. You should have those thoughts. But saying that you have that anxiety when you can let it go very quickly is not the same. Not the same. Yeah, no, absolutely. I totally agree with you. So then, so the next question that comes is, so what do I do with, like, what do I do with this? Um, and so I know on, I know on our show, we drive seeking professional help a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously that would be the ideal situation. I also know and understand, and and I know you know this too, that sign of the times, the state of affairs that we're in, um, access to care is really difficult right now um, across the board. And so we did an episode a while back about access to care and how to get access to care. Um, and so if you're, one, struggling with navigating the system, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode about where to start with getting information about what levels of care are available, mm-hmm. whether you have insurance or not. Like, there are ways to access care. Yeah. That does not solve the availability of care <laughs> right now. No, right? there are more people in need than there are therapists, counselors, yes. et cetera. So – I wanted to talk about um, good friend, good mutual friend of ours, uh, mm-hmm. Gina um, Crosby. She works at Prevention Action Alliance in Columbus, Ohio, mm-hmm. um, and she shared with me um, a model of care that I had not been familiar with. Um, but apparently, it's becoming increasingly popular on college campuses, okay. and it's called the stepped care stepped care model. So stepped. S-T-E-P-P-E-D, care model. Um, And it it became popular. I've been doing a lot of reading about it. Um, It became popular on college campuses because access to care on college campuses has been a problem for a while. Um, There have been waiting lists for therapists and counselors on college campuses for a long time. Um, So the stepped care model is basically a different tiered um, step system of care that is implemented and teaches individuals how to basically assess what they need and then access different levels of care based on their need. Um, so So if you Google stepped care model you're going to get a ton of resources and a ton of information on this model and things that are available so i i would encourage you to look it up but just a brief brief rundown um from the university of dayton um oh, go flyers <laughs> it's a holistic i mean it really is a holistic approach they call it a holistic approach to mental health but it is really holistic and they provide seven steps seven different steps of care um and it goes from a um, it's kind of like on an X, an X and a Y axis. So it looks like a, a graph, bar graph, a chart. Um, and it goes from a more um, proactive approach to a reactive approach. And then from a more um, autonomous approach. So where you're doing things on your own to a more intervention based approach where you're getting help from other people. So it obviously, obviously starts with self care, right? The first step is self care. So practicing good self care, 
um, and staying staying on um, top of your self-care plan and just, you know, having a good self-care plan, um, doing different types of self-care um, is really important. If you only do self-care when you're not feeling well, you're not doing self-care the right way. You're doing right? reactive self-care. You're doing reactive self-care. Um, you're doing intervention-based self-care. Mm-hmm. Self-care works best when you do it um, all the time and you do it intentionally, which we ta- we've talked about a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a self-care plan and following it and sticking to it is really important. The second step that they list is building your community. Um, so this is having different support groups, your support system, your friends, trusted people that you go to, um, different maybe groups or activities that you're a part of. You know, what are the communities? What what community do you have that's immediate available, immediately available to you, things that you stay involved in, um, things that you look forward to, people that you look forward to spending time with? Um, the third step is developing your skills. So um, what do you know about mental health? Listening to this podcast, maybe attending a mental health first aid training, learning more about mental health, taking a class, um, doing different things to build your knowledge base about mental health. Um, number four is talking about your concerns. So maybe that means engaging that community in conversations about your anxiety or what's going on um, with your with your mental health. Um, so that would be um, just talking through things, uh, maybe attending a group therapy session if you can get in one, a support group. Um, if you look up different types of um, free services and free supports that are out there for anxiety support groups um, or other mental health support groups, there are things out there that aren't therapy-based per se, um, but you might find helpful um, for dealing with different types of mental health things if you can't get in right away to see a counselor um, you know, for a one-on-one session. Now, step five is specific to the college environment, and and it's called utilize campus resources. Outside of the campus environment, you know, if we were going to rework this for a community setting, I I would say it would be utilize community resources. Mm -hmm. You know, on the college setting, they specifically list, you know, using the campus ministry, um, their center for alcohol and other drug resources, the counseling center, the health center. You know, we would I would just recommend, you know, subbing those things out for different community resources. Normally within like recreation centers, local governments. Right. Yeah. Right. All of those kinds of things. Um, step six is accept assistance and support. Um, so that would be, you know, again, in the college setting, the dean of students office, the care team and the community standards and civility. Um, outside of this, outside of the college setting, this would be from, you know, people that, you know, maybe don't have, you know, insurance or don't have, you know, access to financial means. This would be probably accepting, being willing to accept those um, social welfare supports or those other means of supports that are being offered um, when you're in a time of need. Um, I think Step six is difficult for people in a stepped care model because it's it's less autonomous. It requires more intervention. It is more reactive. Um, we're approaching a more crisis state, mm-hmm. um, and it requires you to kind of, you know, accept help from other people um, and relinquish, you know, 
relinquish kind of that control that control like, yeah. right thank you um to to the to the community to get support and then the last step the seventh help the seventh step um would be to seek immediate help which would be at the the kind of precipice of yeah. of emergency state so that would be our you know the crisis services emergency rooms things like that so i really thought about this and thinking about everybody saying you know oh i can't get in to see a therapist i'm calling to make an appointment they're telling me it's months out mm-hmm. you know so i can't do anything yeah and then when gina shared that this is what college campuses are doing i'm going oh that could really be adapted to a community model like Absolutely. we could really be adapting the stepped care model in a community setting and teaching people how to utilize all of these other steps mm-hmm. outside of this one you know we're, we're like oh i have to see a therapist one-on-one or nothing else yeah. when there's all these other options. Well, it's good because it, like from step one to seven, you're, you're gradually getting out of that solo work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, step one and two, you're more so doing things on your own, making sure you're taking the time to learn and educate yourself. And then you are um, like when you go into three, four, five, six, seven, you know, you're really having to go outside of that comfort zone and be like, okay, I need to ask for help at this point, which is the hardest part. I mean, like accepting that you can't handle this on your own and accepting that you need someone else's help and advice is a really big step. And um, knowing the resources that you have within your community, within, you know, your local governments or on your college campus, super important um, because there are great programs like peer-to-peer support programs are fantastic. Because sometimes when you're a college kid and you're talking to a school counselor who, you know, has maybe been out of school for 10 years and you feel like you don't have that connection with them and they don't, you don't feel like they really understand, um, having that person who's your age and having that person who's like, I, I get it. I understand what you're going through and can kind of empathize with you in that situation is phenomenal. Um, yeah. And, you know, that's a, that's a whole conversation for a different time is like the age difference in, in, yeah. in client and counselor. But um having those having those resources and and i know colleges now are trying to like really push those when like you're orienting and everything like that um some places do have work resources available too so if you have um you know a workplace that um offers kind of peer-to-peer support i know the place i work does you're a you're a, a school counselor social worker so you are the support Congratulations on that. Yeah, but we also uh, we also really encourage peer to peer support. I mean, yeah. we we train. We have several groups where we train our students to be that peer support. You know, yeah. we have mental health ambassadors and we have dating violence prevention programs where we train we train high school students to be knowledgeable and be and provide that support. Again, we don't have a formalized step to care model. Yeah. But we're doing some of these things, right? Yeah. We want, we want, we don't want the school school counselors or school support services to be the only resource for young people to be to have to turn to mm-hmm. because they're not always available. No, they're not. So, and the, this model is not linear. You know, you don't you, you don't, don't always go one, go two, one through yeah. seven. You know, we get that you may wake up one day and be You're in a place five. where you need seven or five or five yeah. or. You may always be at one. Mm-hmm. The point is to recognize that there is a step one through seven, right? Yeah. That step five is not the only option or step seven. You know, there are people that every time they're not feeling mentally well, go to the emergency room, but mm-hmm. they're not in crisis, yeah. right? That's not an appropriate use of resources. Mm-hmm. So, 
so we have to get people better at utilizing resources appropriately. And the medical community is struggling with this too. Yeah. Just like when we, I mean, we just had a huge COVID surge and everybody was going to the emergency room to get a COVID test. That's not an appropriate use of the emergency room, right? Yeah. They're constantly talking about what is the appropriate use of the emergency room, right? And so we have to get people better at realizing what is the appropriate use of mental health resources. And then when people panic and they go, I can't get what I want, so then the option is do nothing at all. Yeah. We have to get people better at going, okay, what is available? Yeah, what are my options? And so I think this stepped care model is really interesting in the fact that it's super easy to understand Mm -hmm. and it makes it, it's a really nice visual representation of like, oh, you can plaster that on posters all over the, the city, the county, the campus, the rec center, wherever to remind people like, Oh, this is where I'm on. I'm on two. (laughs) Like two is what I need right now. Yeah. Walking down a hallway. You're like, okay. Yeah. I'm at three. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I get that anxiety is probably really high for people right now across the board. I get that, um, diagnosable anxiety is probably up right now. Um, I, I get, and you get that access to care is really difficult Mm -hmm. right now. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't get on a waiting list. No. If you think that therapy would help you, I, I would be interested to Book know it. how many people call and hear there's a waiting list and then don't get on the waiting list. Mm-hmm. Get on the waiting list. Get on the waiting list. Because guess how many times a spot opens up and they call that waiting list and people say, no, I can't. I can't come today. And All you the might time. be the person that gets to come today. Get on the waiting list. I have had to cancel therapy appointments, yes. people. This happens. Get on the waiting list. So, um, you know. Get on the waiting list and then look at what your other stepped care model. Like, what are your other stepped care things that you can do? What are your other options? Um, And, you know, maybe that little piece of information will help somebody today. Mm -hmm. Um, And I hope so. And um, we'll just keep plugging along and hope that we fall in one of your steps. Like, Hopefully. Yeah. Maybe we fall in one of your steps. Moral of the story, don't rely on one thing. Yep. Please don't rely on one thing because there is way more than just one outlet for all of this. Make it holistic. 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 All right. We're working on things here. We're working on some guests coming up. Yeah. Um, if you have anybody, send them our way. Mm-hmm. I'm always tweeting at random people. Yeah. I, I, I really do think I'll get Kevin Love someday if I just keep tweeting. NFL season is almost over. And Jay Glazer. Yep. He's almost he's almost out of things to do, right? Sure. I mean, he did yeah. just release a book, so it's kind of he's kind of busy. Well, I'll just go back at his agent. I'll be like, "Hey, you said we could talk again after the season." So I think we should get the Rock, Dwayne. Yeah, Dwayne. Okay. I think Dwayne would be great. I am finding it's easy to find out who these people's agents are. Yeah, it's always been easy. Okay. You just, you just never thought about it before. I really wish we just had a producer that could do it for us, like that. For free. For free. Right now. <laughs> yeah. We don't we can't pay a salary. If you but if want you want to be a part of a groundbreaking sure. operation. Get good experience. Good experience. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. and say you were there. Yeah. I'm trying I'm trying to make this a full time job. I'm just saying I'd be down. Yeah. I'd be down. I don't think you would be. I I think you would still want to do the school stuff. Yeah, but I could do that part time. Yeah, you could. So You're right. You're right. Yeah. All right. Oh. So we'll see everybody next week. Stay warm. Or if you're listening to us from Florida, 
don't tell me it's been 85 degrees. (laughs) Don't rub it in our face. Yeah. And enjoy the weather. Yeah. Although they did have like two days of winter. (laughs) Oh. All right, everybody. See you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Men Who Talk Heal. Make sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website, www.menwhotalkheal.com. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to our show on whichever platform you prefer. That way, you never miss the show. If you found this episode helpful, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Facebook. Same time, same place next week for another great conversation. Until then, Zach and Brandon remind you to take it one day at a time.